0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. It is April which means we are closer and closer to football season, episode 164. Guys, we'd really appreciate it during the off-season if you go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, give us that review, give us that rating, write a little little blurb, that would be amazing. It's April, it's, we're in the off-season, you got nothing else to do. Help us out a little bit, but I really do feel like when we get to April we're getting to May, we're getting to June, that's how the calendar works, and then we're getting to July, and it feels like football is almost here, Mac. It, especially with Pro Days, Spring Ball going on, it, it's almost like you can taste it, right?
0: That's right, KG. Spring is in the air, which means spring football, which means we have things to talk about. And specifically today, really what we want to do is break down some of these Pro Days that have been occurring, a lot of great numbers from some guys some instances KG where uh there are no numbers and we don't know uh fascinating thing I was doing some research as we you know prepared for this episode and you know teams like Georgia Tech Syracuse Virginia Tech NC State and I mean I'm on like page three of Google search which no one ever goes there and there's just nothing and I'm like what is going on so I finally text a couple of SIDs saying hey uh is there any information you know any numbers that we can you know talk about and highlight and they're like well You know, the scouts keep everything so close to their chest, we don't have any numbers. I said, what? So NFL scouts, if you're listening, because I know we have a bunch listening to this podcast, (laughs) uh, you know, be a little lenient. Come on. I mean, we're trying to help these kids out here, and uh, you guys are keeping these great numbers to yourself. So the things that we do go over are uh, numbers that we have found, things that go out there, but sadly, there's not some for everybody.
1: Matt, can we, I think next year we need you, and perhaps you need to put on a disguise when you do this. I don't know. But you just need to go pro day to pro day with a stopwatch. <laughs> and you can just time everything. It'll be the unofficial McLean numbers. That's and right. that way we'll have something. Because you're right, it's so secretive. And you'd think it would help. And I guess, I don't know, it could hurt depending on what the numbers are. But you'd think that some of these schools would be timing these things themselves. Like Clemson did that. We've got some numbers for Pittsburgh. So we've got some numbers for certain programs. We've got some stuff for your North Carolina, but it's just weird. I think you need to put under disguise <laughs> wear all black, sneak into these pro days and time some things next I, year. You know,
0: I've I've got a, a quick thumb. So quick thumb. some of these numbers would be, you know, better than others. But you know, I, I do think it's interesting that the schools don't and I don't know the rules and maybe we sound silly talking about this, but I, I it's an NFL event or is it a Georgia Tech event and we invite the NFL? Like wh- the which way helps is it? it right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so I would have everything set up where I have my numbers. I have my guys doing some timing as well. I don't know. It's super weird because I feel like not having that information can be hurtful. I mean, if a guy is... Obviously, they're going to trust their scout, the particular team. I don't know. You know, we sound silly, I guess, just rambling about this. But the fact that I could not find any 40 times for Georgia Tech is crazy to
1: me. I don't think we sound silly. I think we sound genius. I think (laughs) Mac will be at every pro day, and um, you won't even notice he's there because he'll be so incognito. That's right. But he's going to be getting these times. Okay, speaking of pro days, you you did Clemson's. You did the broadcast for Clemson's. We'll talk about that. You recently did the broadcast for North Carolina's, um, which I know we're we going to talk about Sam Howell. And I, I wish I could read you guys exactly what Max said in our rundown. <laughs> let's just say Max said Sam was smooth. That's right. That's he looked right. good. But here are the pro days that happened so far. Georgia Tech, Clemson, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, Boston College, North Carolina, NC State, Louisville. Pretty much all of them. A few that are still out there. So let's start with Clemson's, Mac. And I know you were there in person and took it all in. Nolan Turner, Bale Inspector, Justin Ross, those were kind of the big three that we were looking at. I want to start with Justin Ross. He ran a little slow, a four, six, eight, forty, and his vertical was thirty-one and a half. I, I remember I heard that they interviewed Skalski after that. I think Skalski had a higher vertical than Justin Ross. And he was like, no, 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 no. That's not like that's not real. Justin Ross can jump me out of the gym. So I feel for Justin Ross because this is a guy that had such a ridiculous freshman year. What he did in the playoff, every Clemson fan remembers in the blowout of Alabama. And it just feels like the injuries are weighing him down a little bit, Mac. What did you notice from Justin Ross?
0: Yeah, really, I think that those numbers were a little eye-opening. You know, I certainly thought that he could touch 4-5, running the 40 and. There's no shot that I thought he was going to jump a 31. I mean, I I thought a a 35, a 38, something crazy. Matt, you could jump a 31. Maybe. I don't know about not right now, but back in the day when I'm catching alley-oops from you, probably. Um,
1: Let's be clear. I could not, but Matt could.
0: (laughs) Uh, But just when you look at this, when you look at the way he plays, it it just doesn't, those numbers don't match. And and so maybe it was a bad day. Maybe he wasn't feeling good, whatever. Uh, But the good thing was he looked very smooth in the drills. And the catch radius was on full display. You know, Taj Boyd, Cole Stout were throwing the ball just because Clemson does not have a quarterback coming out this year. And he he was making some ridiculous circus catches. And and I think at the end of the day, I mean, I hate that we, we put so much emphasis on one single day on three or four single events that you will never, ever do again as a football player. I mean, when do you ever jump flat-footed as high as you can, reaching up, slapping something? Never. It doesn't happen. When do you ever run in a straight line with no contact, with no pads on, 40 yards? You don't. And and so I, I hate the underwear Olympics. I really do. I think it's fun, and it's cool when you have a guy like Nolan Turner who blows up off the screen. But at the end of the day, like, can that guy play football? Now, the answer with Nolan is yes, but for some of these guys, it's like, man... Just go play. Like he's a football player, and so mm-hmm. it stinks. I, I think it's going to hurt Justin in the draft. I mean, maybe sliding down to the third or fourth round just because of that. I think those numbers are sadly a part of this evaluation process that is so important. So, at the end of the day, whoever gets this young man, six foot three, two ten plus, freak of nature, is is getting a baller, and and he'll figure it out. And I mean, just aim for that second contract, Jay Ross, because that's where uh, that's where money's made anyway. When I look at Nolan Turner, I thought he won the day. Uh, I thought that he was a guy that man had an unbelievable performance. Weighed in over 200 pounds, which I thought was impressive. Six foot one, and then all his measurables. I mean, he had a 10-2 broad jump, 37 and a half vert, 4 40 which I'd heard from a bunch of different scouts Woo. had him in the four threes. This guy was flying, and there there was a buzz. KG when he started running, everybody's like whoa whoa whoa, and then bam, you know, 4-4 four, four less pops up on the screen. So. I think Nolan's going to get drafted. He was an All-American as a junior. Guy is just special and has a knack for the football, obviously has the athleticism to really match it.
1: The numbers, I think, blew a lot of people away, opened up some people's eyes, because you can't argue with the production right. and how consistent he was on that backside for Clemson for so long. And the big plays he made, the pick against Ohio State a couple years ago, yeah. massive. Yeah. But then you see that 4 four forty, and you're like, Okay, <laughs> all right. I I the numbers match the production. So huge day for Nolan Turner. And then what about Balin Specter, Mac? A 36-inch vertical, ran a 4-640. It's just and I hate to bring it back to Ross. It's just hard to believe that Turner and Specter both really had better numbers than Justin Ross. I, I hate it for him, but I, I just think the injuries I mean, injuries, they suck. Yeah. Like they do. Yeah. It's it's awful. And the injuries are piling up with Jay Ross, but Specter also had a pretty good day.
0: No, he he absolutely did. I think he helped himself a ton. I mean, a guy who was you know I, I thought already going to be drafted maybe in the six or seven, maybe jump up to you know the fifth round, which that's a lot of money. I mean, that's incremental. Yeah, it's
1: a big difference. Yeah,
0: and Balen tested so well, two thirty weight in, which is I mean a solid size for a linebacker, and then his just ability to move. I mean, a four two pro agility pro agility shuttle right there was freaky. The explosion in his vertical at thirty six, the explosion of his broad jump at 10-2. And then, of course, you mentioned the 4 six forty at the NFL Combine. Um, he, he looked great in drills. I think Balin for sure going to be drafted now in that fifth, sixth round. I, you can almost lock it up.
1: Balin and Nolan helped themselves a ton, and Clemson fans are going to have to be watching on that third day, most likely, to see where they end up. So big steps for those guys. And
0: one guy that, man, I, I wish he could have just done something, but it sounds like there there might be some surgery on the way. Uh, and that's Andrew Booth, a guy who was a lock for the first round going into this process. And I think maybe even the the top 10 yeah. might be sliding very quickly. I mean, the fact that he wasn't able to do anything at the combine, wasn't able to do anything right here for pro day. I, I hope that there's maybe some private workouts that could be done. But with that surgery, I just don't know. And, and so now, I mean, it's going to be a great value pick. It's very similar to Jay Ross. Whoever gets that young man is going to have an absolute ball or a first round you know, pick in the second round or so, but I, I think he could slide. Now, I, I still would love to see him at the Patriots, love to see him at the Bills, kind of at the back uh, in the 20s of this first round, but man, it's just there's so much emphasis put in these numbers that it's, it might be, it might be difficult.
1: We might see Clemson's streak of having a first round pick coming to an end this Which is year, crazy. So.
0: When you think of that freshman year and you think of Justin Ross, everybody's like, man, first wide receiver taken, no question. And now the injuries and now that stuff. And same with Booth. It's it's crazy to think about what this class is going to equate to.
1: Let's talk about a guy that we have had on the pod many, many times, Eric McLean. It's Kenneth Pickett, the seventh. And (laughs) he looked very good. He made every throw look easy. I I think that's not shocking, of course, with, with Kenny Pickett. And we'll talk about Sam Howell in a second. But the QB market is really turning here, and and we don't pretend to be NFL analysts, but we also follow this closely. We understand what's going on. I think it's obvious that the NFL itself does not love this class, and that's why you've seen all this QB movement. That's why you've seen uh, Trubisky get picked up. Of course, the Deshaun Watson situation, Matt Ryan going to the Colts, Russell Wilson— All these different moves. Tom Brady coming back. Tom Brady looked at the draft and said, I got to come back. I got to save the league. Um, So we're seeing Jameis Winston's another example. Marcus Mariota. So I I am a little worried now, Mac. And you threw this out there. Are we even going to see a QB drafted in the first round now?
0: Which is crazy. Which at the end of the season. think about
1: what we were talking about two months ago. Yeah,
0: I I was solidified that there would be two in the top 15. And, you know, these guys just go out and you know, sign different folks that they think are going to lead their team or trade for different guys that they think is going to lead their team. And man, it's, it's mind blowing. It truly is to see that, okay. Um, all these opportunities, all these things that were there are disappearing quickly. And it's something where, man, you, you look at this market and maybe Carolina at, at six takes somebody, maybe Seattle at nine takes a quarterback, maybe Atlanta,
1: unless they're looking at Baker.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Because there's a number one pick, a, a former number one pick Heisman right. Trophy winner waiting to be, you know, so go to somewhere else. So this is going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts to see what happens. Um, it, it's so hard to tell. Um, but I've seen a couple of mock drafts, as you just mentioned, that do not have a quarterback going in the first round, mm. which I don't know when the last time that happened. We'll have to go do some research, get our research department to do that for us. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see where, where does KP end up.
1: And Malik Willis, of course, not an ACC guy, but he's been rising up the ranks too. He could be a guy that maybe gets taken late in the first round, and, and you don't see Pickett or Sam Howell. Before we move on to talk about Sam Howell, and um, Mac was able to broadcast that pro day and, and see it all firsthand, other guys at Pittsburgh's pro day, Keyshawn Camp, Phil Campbell, Lucas Krull, Damari Mathis, who was at the Senior Bowl, which of these guys stood out to you, Mac? I mean, when I see a 43 and a half inch vertical from Damari Mathis, I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? That That's insane.
0: Yeah, it's, it's freaky. Damari Mathis is really doing himself some favors with these numbers because you you look at the tape, you see the aggressiveness, you see the uh, the tendencies of him in man coverage, loves to be in the slot, loves to be physical. And then it's like, well, he can run and jump with anybody, so let's let's make him a a matchup with these freaky tight ends, with these bigger wide receivers, because he has the tools to be able to defend them. And uh, man, it's been impressive to see. He he is screaming up draft boards as he continues to shine. I think Keyshawn Camp did numbers for himself. Six foot three, two eighty defensive tackle that ran a four six. I mean, that is moving Woo. for a guy that big. Also threw around two twenty five. 27 times had a 31 and a half inch vertical. I mean, that's 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 a very impressive day. And then Lucas Crawl. I mean, we knew that he was physically gifted. We knew that he was freaky. Just when you look at the tape, you're like, man, that guy's fast and he can jump high. Six foot six, 250 pounds, and ran a four five forty. I mean, that is a matchup nightmare. And that's what the NFL is all about. Now, I, I don't know where Lucas is going to get drafted because this tight end class is. Deep, it is nuts. But I think because of these numbers, he surely has to get drafted now. I, I think maybe some free agency talk, kind of before this day. I, I think he put that to bed. I think you have to draft this guy now. There, there are some interesting things I, I heard that you know the the Senior Bowl wanted him and the Shrine Bowl wanted him, but you know he he has enough film is is what I heard. So maybe oh. that you know pushed some people off. I, I'm not sure, but man, the talent's there. If, if you have a pick, you need a tight end. I don't know why you wouldn't take that guy.
1: That's interesting. And there there's so much behind the scenes information that some of us aren't privy to. Right. Eric Macklin is privy <laughs> to because he is locked in and, and connected and sneaking into pro days. But yeah, those numbers, those numbers look pretty ridiculous. So some of those pick guys definitely help themselves. And a pro day that you were able to broadcast on the ACC Network, as our friend Wes Durham would say, the ACC Television Network. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Wes. He says he listens. We'll see if he notices this in Texas. Um, North Carolina, Sam Howell completed 63 of 66 throws. From a basketball standpoint, I think of that as a shooter. I'm like, okay, All right. 63 of 66 throws looked very solid mac what were your takeaways from sam at his pro day
0: yeah really just the, the smoothness of the day is what was so impressive i mean and and two of those misses quote unquote uh were passes that should have been caught it was one was a drop and one the receiver just didn't he didn't extend and, and so i think when you look at that you're just man you're blown away by the accuracy you're blown away by the i mean drop a pin drop a drop it in the basket just Hitting guys right in the chest, Sam Howell. I mean, it was freaky, and that's what we expect, right? I mean, you you guys flash back to August when we spoke with Coach Mac Brown. He said, "Look, we go practices where he doesn't miss passes, where the ball's not on the ground. His accuracy, so much like Colt McCoy, uh, KG's crush growing up watching Texas football. Mm. So when when you uh, when you see this, that's right. When you see this, and it comes to life on the biggest stage for him so far." It's almost what you expect, and so I thought really the the footwork that Sam displayed, going under center, looking very smooth, looking so good, just natural, that's what was so impressive to me. I mean, I already knew about the arm talent. I already knew about the the cannon of an arm, so all of that, it was just like, okay, this is what he does, uh, but it, it's just, man, he's ready, and I can't wait to see him go to the next level. I think as Jordan Reed told us you know, way back when, I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment period where he is understanding this offense and, and how you know quarterback friendly UNC was with RPOs, quick throws, maybe one throw reads. And obviously that does not happen at the NFL. So I think there'll be a little bit of adjustment period. But if he gets a good staff, a, a good offensive coordinator, a great mind, I mean that that should be seamless. He he lives in the film room. He lives for football. I mean, that's what he does. And uh, now it's gonna be his job. So I, I don't think there will be any hiccup. And when Sam Howe's given his uh, opportunity, I think he seizes it.
1: I have heard some people, and some of it's because they are kind of the same size, but I've heard some people with the comparisons of Baker Mayfield and Sam Howe, which I think maybe is hurting him a little bit just because Baker is flaming out a tad with the Browns, but I would push back and say, yeah, maybe there's some similarities skill set wise, the mobility, the toughness, the size, uh, also really good accuracy for both guys, but I've heard a lot of NFL analysts saying this lately, and I heard Marcus Spears the other day talking about Baker Mayfield. One of Baker's biggest downfalls is at times he can't control his emotions. We've seen that with Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, at the Browns, in the NFL. Sam Howell is one of the calmest, coolest quarterbacks that we've seen in college football. And that's where I think the comparison stops. And that's what I think will help him. His demeanor... That's what you want as a quarterback. Some people might look at Sam and be like, "Bro, like, do you have emotions?" and and that's good, right? I think as a quarterback, there are times, and there are times where Howell got fired up, like a, a handful of times. But his demeanor, in some ways, reminds me of a Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, where he just seems like he's never rattled. Do you think that helps him a little bit, Mac?
0: I totally agree. I love that because I, I agree with the physical comparison. Okay, when when you look at right. Baker, very similar attributes and what they do, how they run, how they throw, the accuracy. But then, as you said, that's where it stops. It it stops at the neck uh, because mentally, (laughs) Sam Howell is just so sharp, as you mentioned, never rattled, always calm. There's not a moment that is too big. He's the comeback kid. I mean, how many times did he do that in his career? Uh, So I I totally agree. Physically, gifted-wise, Yes, I think Baker, I think it's a great comparison. Number one draft pick, Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, why wouldn't you want to compare him to that guy? But then, yes, mentally, I think he already is in a different realm. And once he becomes a professional, it'll be another step. So I I totally agree. I love that. I love the way you spelled that out.
1: Yeah, and people, I think, are understanding that difference. you got to become cool, collected to play quarterback in the NFL. And that's what Sam Howe has. And I think Kenny Pickett has that as well. What about a few other guys from this North Carolina Pro Day? Ty Chandler looked really good. Kyler McMichael, a 4340 40. What stood out from those guys, Mac?
0: Yeah, Ty, I mean, I think the biggest, most attractive thing about Ty Chandler is going to be his potential in the passing game. I just think that he is going to really take another step in that area in the NFL just because they're, they're going to ask more from him. Uh, his pass pro is, is really solid. Um, and he had a great day catching the ball. I mean, no drops. Ran some really, you know, complex routes, not just a quick swing or a quick Texas route. I mean, he was running, you know, things that made a couple of cuts, a head nod uh, to get open and and really was just impressed with what we saw from him and and think he's going to be a great pro, think he could end up easily in the third or fourth round. And then Kyler McMichael um, was flying. I mean, he looked massive, chiseled, fantastic physically, and then ran a 4-3. You know, he has the tape, obviously has... You know the lineage of, of being at Clemson for a year, and then what he was able to do for North Carolina. Um, I think he'll find a team. He he might not have that instant success right away, day one starter. But you know, a guy that certainly, if he can keep working on his craft and keep growing, uh, I, I think could have great success at the NFL.
1: Agreed, agreed. Okay, what about North Carolina's rival, Duke? Had their pro day. Mateo Durant ran a four three forty, six foot one ninety six. I feel like he helped himself a good bit, Mac.
0: No, no question. I think that that speed, because we know he's a workhorse, right, A Duke. I mean, he got the ball 30-plus times a game, so we know what he can handle, the things he can do out of the passing game. He, we saw you know, flashes of that this year. I think, again, very similar to Ty. He will be much more involved, but a 4-3. I mean, look out. A guy that big that runs that tall. Um, man, it, it's really impressive to see. And then, DB, Josh Blackwell as well. Well as well. That's a lot of wells there. Uh, 37-inch vertical, 4'3'40. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, has had some injuries but also has had some really shining moments for Duke that, man, when you look at this lineage of, you know, Duke DBs that they've produced these last couple of years, I don't think there's any question that he gets drafted as well and and finds his place on a team. And then you look at uh, UNC's other rival, NC State, where they were kind of one of those teams, you just can't find any information, the scouts aren't sharing stuff, you know, whatever, but, you know, through the SID, I had heard of Mecca Mezzi ran a four-five, which is awesome if that's the case for him. Big, tall, wide receiver, probably weighed right about 220, right at six-two, six-three. I mean, he is a big dude uh, that has showed he has some speed to match it.
1: Let's also add, I saw some stuff on Twitter that Devin Leary was throwing to these guys at NC State's pro day. Stole the
0: show. He stole the show. Yeah, and
1: there were multiple scouts asking, are you sure this isn't Devin Leary's pro day? It Look wasn't. Out. It Look wasn't. Out. He's coming back. But I, I think I it's a, a good little first impression.
0: As we're sitting here on, on in April of 22, KG, I want your prediction right now for Devin Leary's projection going into the NFL draft 2023.
1: Oh, uh, Second or third round?
0: Oh, okay. okay. I like it. I like it. I think the ACC is going to have – What are you going to say, number
1: one overall pick? I,
0: no. <laughs> I, I think the ACC is going to have three first-round quarterbacks next year.
1: Woo! Yeah. Okay, Devin, TVD. Phil Dracovic. And Dracovic, wow. Yeah. Wow. Look out. Okay, and it might even right. be,
0: maybe it, it might even be maybe a, a Slovis from Pitt. Who knows? Wow. It's going to be interesting. Okay,
1: speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of quarterbacks, let's go through some spring storylines that we're watching before we get out of here and, and just some things to keep an eye on because we've got spring games coming up. Mac will be on the broadcast of Clemson Spring Game on April 9th with the illustrious Roy Philpot, <laughs> who we love, who has been a guest on the pod. And the so GOAT, Katie George. I mean, we've oh, got oh, a Katie loaded, George.
0: we got a loaded squad. I can't wait.
1: My fellow KG, Katie George, that's who's right. who's the best. So that's gonna be really fun. Can't wait for that. And I think the from our perspective, for some people, the number one storyline, it may be, you know, Kensee State actually live up to the talent they have on their roster and win the division. Is Miami really a new Miami? But I know we're Clemson grads and people know that, so this is where we're looking at. But I think nationally this is also the big storyline because the question is, was this a blip on the radar for Clemson or are they taking a step back? And a lot of that has to do with the quarterback battle. You mentioned all these guys that could possibly go first round In the NFL draft, and a year ago, if we were listening to this, we would have said, "Wait, did Mac like have a stroke?" He didn't mention DJ Uyunglele, right? And I mean, obviously, you're not mentioning him right now for good reason, but that QB battle, that QB battle is going to be fascinating.
0: It's it's going to be intense, and really, a lot of these storylines. I mean, I, I just can't wait to see them. And you know, obviously, Clemson, how how close to home that is. I think that's going to be very important just to see who comes out. I mean, Boston College's new offensive line, I mean, they are going to have some big shoes to fill that have been there for a long, long time. And I know guys are ready and they're itching. A guy like Christian Mahogany just cannot wait to be the guy there. Uh, but, you know, careful what you ask for because it's a lot of new faces. Um, I, I, you talk about QB battles with Clemson. I can't wait to see Pitt, What in, who yes. ends up the guy there. UNC, who ends up being the guy there. I mean, we've got three schools – Uh, that, that had, you know, if going into 22, man, you're feeling great or 21 going into 21, you're feeling so good about your situation. And now going into 22, maybe some question marks and and things that you're like, man, well, what's going to happen? Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the guy? Uh, when I think of Virginia, I just can't wait to see what this offense is going to look like. Uh, it it was so unique and and just crazy with the formations and the the personnel. And we got thousand different numbers running all over the place. (laughs) What is it going to be? How much like Clemson can this team look? Uh, because I think they're going to try to replicate a lot of of the things that Clemson was able to do in 2015, 2016. Going to be fascinating to see that. Who will Duke be? Who will Virginia Tech be? I just don't know. Personnel wise, I don't know. Uh, I think they have really solid coaching staffs. So I think they made great hires. But at the end of the day, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the coaches and the bros up in the press box. You know what I'm saying? So we got to figure <laughs> something out there. Uh, who, oh, who's going to be Lord, on the field? Mac. Who's going to make it happen? I, I just don't know. Uh, Wake Forest, I, I think offensively KG is going to be tremendous. I think they're going to score 40 mm-hmm. a game, but defensively that's been their Achilles' heel. And so, what kind of things are we going to see from them? Is is going to be intriguing?
1: Well, and I think Wake Forest is a very interesting storyline to me kind of in the converse of what we're talking about with Clemson for wake, was this a blip on the radar or can they sustain? Can they win 10 games again? And you know, you have Sam Hartman back. So that's a huge step in the right direction. You bring some of those wide receivers back, but there were also some games that they kind of just figured out how to win. So can they do that again? That's a huge question mark for me with wake forest. And I think in order to do that, they do have to be a little better defensively because that was their Achilles heel and Early in the year as well, can Wake, I'm not saying beat Clemson because Dave Clawson has never beaten Clemson, but can they make that game a little more competitive? That might be a sign for what can happen in the season if they can if that cannot be a blip on the radar for them.
0: No, I completely agree with you. And then just kind of wrapping up here with our last couple of teams, FSU, I need to see playmakers. I mean, you you went to the transfer yeah. portal, you got some guys. I need to see them be able to deliver. I also need to see and Jordan exactly. Travis. Exactly. Is that what you're about to yep. say? Yeah. Yep. I need to see a complete, uh, you know, buy-in to him being the guy that, that mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do on offense. This is who we are. Jordan Travis is a guy and we're designing everything around him. I think that's a smart move. Um, and I think you have to do that to get back to a bowl game, to feel really good about, you know, the progress that you've made Syracuse. I, I expect there to be a very new look coach Robert and I, who we just talked about that unique Virginia offense, packed his bags and, and headed north and, and is at Syracuse. And, man, he's going to have a couple of great running threats in the backfield with Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader. Excited to see that. Louisville just need to see growth, need to see mm-hmm. shades of that 2019 team really blossom back to this team. Um, and then lastly, Georgia Tech, their spring game is already over. They've already done it. They had a ton of changes. I was texting with you know Ronnie Jones and just saying, you know why, why did they do this so quickly? and he just said listen you know with all this turnover with all this new you know stuff they're implementing they wanted to get after it right away so they could have a long summer to continue to do that and so Georgia Tech already you know finishing up spring they're done um sadly it looked like a little bit m- more of the same from Georgia Tech you know i wasn't blown away with really anything from that spring game but man with that schedule you just hope they can find four or five somewhere in KG. We went through it. I, I just, I don't know if it's possible.
1: If you have some more Georgia Tech questions, I would go back and listen to our ACC under review with Kelly Quinlan. He was really good. He didn't sugarcoat anything, but he he laid it out there about Georgia Tech. And Mac, I, the one more thing that I would add in terms of big picture, well, I guess two more things. Can the ACC continue the momentum from last year where I think, yeah, Clemson took a step back, but you had a lot more depth. You finish with four ranked teams. Can that momentum cont- continue? And then even when you're losing Kenny Pickett and you're losing Sam Howell, you're losing some of these big names, I still think this is going to be the QB conference. And I know you completely agree. And it's not just the, the names we know, the Sam Hartmans, the Devin Learys, those guys, the TVDs, but Akidon Slovis, for example. Can he emerge and, and really bring Pitt back? I'm excited about that. Can Jordan Travis take the next step? Brennan Armstrong, can he stay healthy, stay on the field, and then, of course, who the heck emerges at Clemson and at North Carolina? But the thing with Keaton Slovis, and I'm I'm excited about it. I still think Nick Patty needs to uh, get some recognition. I just like saying his last name, Nick Patty. Uh, get some recognition for that competition. But when I think of Keaton Slovis, I can't help but think of J T. Daniels and the absolute flop that he was at Georgia. These Southern Cal quarterbacks have not been good. Now, Keaton Slovis beat out JT Daniels at Southern Cal, so that might help him there, but we'll see about Pittsburgh in that situation. Oh, Malik Cunningham. I can't forget Malik Cunningham when we're talking QB, so I still think the QB play in this league is going to be a must-watch every single Saturday.
0: It absolutely is. It's going to be the best in the country each and every weekend. Put an ACC quarterback against anyone else, and you're feeling really good. Maybe you know, Stroud out of Ohio State. He, he's pretty good. So
1: or Bryce we'll see. Young, but whatever, whatever. Uh,
0: you know, whatever. Okay, so we'll <laughs> see, guys. Cannot wait. We're going to jump into more spring uh, kind of news and notes these next couple of episodes. We'll really give you guys some highlights from spring games as they happen, uh, and then just some some fun things that we see along the way of, up until the NFL draft. But that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Another great episode, Gramlick of Mac Lane. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, go over to Spotify, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.